Hi everyone and welcome to Real Politic. This is a very, very special episode. This is our Eye on Ilford special in which we will be on the ground in Ilford South. Okay, admittedly the host of this particular episode, Geraint, and I have not actually been to Ilford South in the course of this campaign, but our operatives certainly have. We've got a lot of treats in store for you today, all of which should get to, once again, they should cut to the bone, the hard truth of what is happening on the political scene, especially in the bellwether seat of Ilford. South, that is. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. in the, you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, right, to right wing. The hard left agenda printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left-wing position, hard so left, the hard 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 left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 We have a lot planned. We have an exclusive interview with the main contender, forget Corbyn's candidate, the main contender for MP of Ilford South, acquired by RealPolitik undercover operatives, Mr. Michael John Gapes. But here with us in RP Towers, St. Petersburg, to provide on-the-ground analysis about the tumultuous political ruptures that have rocked Ilford in recent months. We are joined by Ilford investigative journalist, Mr. Jimothy Baker. Yes, hello Jack, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, you reached out to me recently about the disappearance of Richard Miller. Yes, we've been deeply uh, concerned. Yes, because I was investigating the rise in street violence in Ilford South. Yeah. Uh, I was aware of the disappearance of Richard Miller. I wasn't aware that he might have had a connection to the gang. We're calling them GG. I know there is a group of people called the Gate Goons. We've not been able to link those to the GG gang. Sorry, I, I think it might just be the pure... Serious. It is. So before we talk to Mr. Jimothy Baker, Ilford investigative journalist supreme, let's listen to a historic first our man Rupert on the ground, a groundbreaking scoop. The best shit of all time, Real Politics exclusive interview with Mr. Michael John Gapes. If you want to vote Labour, you can vote Labour. But I would. Joe Swinson's in her thirties. Right, we're doing street stuff here on the right. Just a question of where is the easiest place to park. And given this traffic queue, I don't want to go anywhere near this. The time is 10 p.m. 
the evening after I met Mike Gapes. Mike Gapes. Leafleting right now. Sam Terry leaflets everywhere, but Mike is not fussed. We went to start at 10. It took him about an hour to actually get going. I don't know what kind of campaign he thinks he's running, but it's all good. It's a beautiful cold day. When he first walked in, he cut a quite tragic figure. It's a cold morning and he is an old man. But then he comes alive when he gets out his phone and he gets onto Twitter and he starts tweeting Jeremy Corbyn. Listen to this. Listen to what he said now. I wanted to, like, get to know a bit about you as a person. And one thing that I really noticed this morning is you seemed like you did almost come alive when you were started tweeting Corbyn. Um, it does, is that something you particularly enjoy, online interaction? I, I've always been a... I, I, I control my own Twitter feed. I don't yes, know I spoke to Jack that. about that. Yeah, Jack puts stuff up on Facebook for me and yeah. pictures on Instagram and so on. Mm. But I, I don't let anybody else do the tweets. <laughs> the tweets are all me. Those are all certified Mike. Yeah. Is that something you, you I, like to I've been active on Twitter for a long time, and I got into a lot of Twitter fights in the, about five years ago, four years ago. Um, I, I just think it's important that nonsense is called out. Yeah. And um, on foreign policy issues, there is so much nonsense put out on Twitter um, in particular. We honestly wasted so much time because Mike wouldn't get up because he was on Twitter and he was composing a tweet to Corbyn about Bosnia and other places we've bombed and that worked out really well because we bombed them. There's about like five people in the office being like, Mike, can we go leafleting? He's like, I'm trolling Corbyn. Leafleting with Mike's campaign manager right now, just me and him. If Sam Terry wins in this area, I've not got my mind. I'm looking for No worries. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good day, sir. I've spent half an hour in this man's company, and I have to say I am now a committed gapeshead. Iraq was a good thing, actually. And I, I think that is his overriding ideology, actually, so that's the only thing that's really changed, in my opinions. Even as a Labour candidate, he faced strong opposition from members in the area. Mainly that comes down to his support of the Iraq war, right. and his belief that, yes, it didn't go as it should have. I think we, can all, you know, we all acknowledge that. But there were things out of it which were good. You know, Saddam Hussein who was butchering and murdering his own people. Removal of him wasn't necessarily the worst thing. That's another subject. But he's a, he's a laugh. He loves to troll Corbyn. He comes in in the morning and he comes alive when he's trolling Corbyn. The little smile on that man's face. Adorable. I would like to convince people Mike has been with Labour for 50 years. He didn't change. No, he's still Labour. If you cut him open, he's still Labour. No, no, no. Let me tell you one thing. It's a Labour party. What we need is Labour government. And how do we get Labour government? With this division? Well, you're not going to say what, what, Mike why supporting... Why are you, why are you making it difficult no, for no, Labour? No, 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 no. This Labour is the thing. Party. You, I agree. Party. I agree that this area 
is a strong labour I'll lie to you. However, you can still get labour values with Mike, but what you've got is an independent person no, who can no. fight. It cannot, for what it the cannot people happen, we, because it's going to count, because we are, we are bounding on these seats no. that's going to go for labour, and plus this seat. You can why, why are you targeting all the labour's whole seats? This is my opinion about all these things. If we tell the other guy to step down, he's not, he's not this, gonna, he's this not guy should stand on the label because I will not allow this to happen. I mean, we can't. He, Mike, Mike has made clear that on a number of issues, there's issues over foreign policy, there's issues over Brexit. Jeremy Corbyn's leadership has changed the party. We would argue for the worse. No. And unfortunately, he's read. You know, if you want to vote Labour, you can vote Labour. Definitely, definitely. But I would, I would urge you, I would urge you to in this house. Yeah, four votes. I would urge you to look. Richard Miller claiming to be you. Yes, you are Richard Miller. <laughs> I'm not. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm not. We don't even know. We don't know who, what, Richard Miller is or isn't which is entirely to And he's suffered dirty tricks. On Twitter, someone called Mr. Richard Miller, claiming to be on Mike Gapes' campaign team, has urged voters to send their postal ballots to Gapes' office, even though it's illegal for a candidate to collect postal ballots. Are you involved with this? I think that man is uh, interfering in the electoral process. I don't know him if it is a him, because uh, Twitter is all kinds of things. He's been putting out tweets um, for several weeks claiming to be my campaign manager. Um, and he I says he's suspended spokesman for Mike Gates. Right. You suspended him? Uh, I've, I've reported it to Twitter and tried to get them to take it down and they refused. Today, after Mail Plus contacted Twitter, the account called Mr Richard Miller was finally suspended. The Labour candidate Sam Tarry, a Corbynite, denies anything to do with the Miller tweets. But he says it's unfair for Gapes to campaign in bright red and yellow. We've never met him. Mike has never had anyone even... <laughs> do you think he lives around here? I, it wouldn't, he could live here, he could live in Russia. I have no <laughs> idea. It's, it could just as easily be, you know, like say, a bot, a troll. We don't know. And regardless of whether they're real or not, the more important point that this is someone spreading. Do you think it's illegal? What he suggested is illegal. It's election fraud. Oh, was that the, the thing about the, postal the, the, votes? The, the, yeah, the postal vote tweet. To do that, a candidate cannot touch a postal vote. That is election, that would be breaking election law. And it's, you know, that's a, that's a serious crime. So to put that kind of thing onto social media, you know, it got picked up by Michael that's a serious thing, and there were people out there. But no one's going to think that seriously, Mike, who's a long standing MP, is going to be like, <laughs> send me your. But I, I, in this area, we have a, a lot of people who say, that's true. This isn't a first language, that's stuff true. Like that. Or maybe if just it's their first time voting, something like that. There are many ways in which people could be lulled into a false sense of security. That's Especially true. Especially if someone is. Twitter claiming to be from his campaign. Yes, there are lots of... How long did it take Twitter to deal with it? Well, like I say, the account has been up there for a good few months, but he's never really done anything serious. It's just been a silly parody account. But my complaint when he started making these more serious tweets that, like I say, kind of broke collection law. He did complain, it, it, and nothing was done. To our knowledge, it wasn't until Michael Crick 
intervene but put the fine the kids. But you know, unfortunately Mike's had this issue along the way of he's had a lot of abuse, a lot of trolling, things like that that go beyond the realm of disagreeing over policy. And uh, yeah, I mean it's a whole silly saga. But unfortunately that's the world we, we live in. Thank you wonder if they're that concerned about one little race in Ilford, then what are they doing at a national Back when he was driving, he was very meek again. He's reversing and he couldn't see exactly what was going on. Instead of asking me in the back seat to like have a look, he just said, I can't see. I I can't see. And I was like, uh I'll have a look for you. You're fine, mate. Reverse. My understanding, I wasn't involved at this time, I can only do this from what I, you know, gathered myself. But the actual, in terms of people targeting him, I know one big thing come down to this, this whole milk comment. He got up in Parliament, and he's making a point about Brexit, yeah. about how milk crosses the border in Northern Ireland, and it was taken... And you have the milk that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north, put together in the same factory and then it is mixed together with whiskey and it comes out as milk. You know, fine, maybe it could have been put across the other way, but the point was true. Absolutely, yeah. And it got picked up by these kind of like university students who had no time on their hands, I suppose, and different people who were mocking it and parodying it. And it's for me, at least, now I could be wrong, but for me, that seems to be a point where he, where he transformed into a meme and some people have just not forgotten that and I don't know how they do it in terms of having these fake bot accounts and things like that but it's almost like if you can create a bot account that literally just responds to Mike Gabe's tweets with pictures of milk they would do that they have they've probably done that it's it's just bizarre I, I just don't I, get it I, I think Tim Farron might have had a similar milk thing before maybe when Mike started talking about milk and mm. everyone was already taking the piss out of Tim Farron mm. for milk it kind of just transferred over. Potentially, no. I really don't. I really don't know. But it, I think it was difficult when we started going out onto the streets. Mm. You go out expecting potentially that, that that people on the streets are going to react in the same way as that Twitter lot do. You spend so long because I run marks like Facebook and the Instagram. He has full control of Twitter, but I run the other two. On the whole, they're fairly neutral, positive-ish type things. But still, you get you get the abuse. They have to pack away at the weekend and then do stuff out of people's cars. Oh, it just pains me to see people struggling. They clearly are like doing their best under trying circumstances, but it's like, you're fucked guys, give it up. You've been beaten. Sam Terry probably mobilizes loads of people at the weekend and doesn't have to pack away all his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who has? This, it's a group of young men, and I'm not sure where, I think we're somewhere in- I was reminded because you said- or Roots or somewhere, <laughs> but they, They've got a podcast, and this podcast features me and a few other people, and they've got this obsession uh, with a speech that I gave in Parliament where I was talking about the Irish border and that there were farms with fields which crossed the border. And so right. there were farmers who had cows which were in the north and cows that were in the south. And then, and then, yeah, and I made it, and then I said, and, and then they milk the cows in the north and they milk the cows in the south and they mix the milk together. <laughs> they send it off to the factory and it comes out as milk. And I made this little speech and it went viral. 
and uh, it was picked up by the Daily Mirror. And people, really? People liked it because it, it made a point about the integration of the Irish economy. But then these people started doing it as the, they called me Milk Gates. <laughs> Um, um, I think I think if you've got an hour-long podcast about yourself, then well, there's more than one. <laughs> oh, really? There's, there's a whole there is, there's s- group. group, right. group, group that, yeah. Jack, take this with. But there is a whole group of young men who haven't got a lot to do in things. <laughs> <laughs> who are in between doing things. Yeah. Yeah. And they they they, 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 they do um, they, I don't know how many followers they've got. Last time I looked, it was like about fifty. But but they <laughs> they got they they spend hours and hours so doing weekly. Fun podcasts on politics where they sit in some room probably drunk, rambling and recording it and, and in the middle of it there's all these little extracts of me and other people and They're now suspended Oh, oh really, yeah. right. They've had to, and as a Were they to do with the Richard Miller? No, I, I, I mean, I can tell you. Oh, okay. Well, that's the thing I was saying to you before. The whole Richard Miller thing is, who knows, it can be real, it can be fake, it doesn't, uh-huh. you know, it's that. But just as a further example, I suppose, it's like, like I said, they've now been suspended and they have bought the domain name of mygapes.co.uk, oh, yeah, yeah, which redirects you to their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, actually, no, I did see about that. I didn't know about that one, going to a podcast, but I did see that one goes to Sam Tarry's website. I mean, that doesn't surprise me either. But I don't know if that's their same people. That's a very typical political thing to do. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's why Donald Trump buys hundreds of domain names to stop people redirecting you to stupid things and stuff like that. If you've got the money. If you've got the money, you know. Donald Trump. um, yeah, so I accidentally stole a hat that says, I'm keeping my gapes on it. They also have high vies that say the same thing on the back in big letters. I wrote this pamphlet in 1990, Fabian Society, after the um, Berlin Wall opened. And, and, um, and, I, and I wrote this, um, uh, uh, the future of the alliances, or I can't even remember the full title of it, but I wrote this little pamphlet, you know, and that was in 1990, 30 years ago. About a year ago, they produced this uh, podcast of these guys reading it out in funny voices, <laughs> pretending to be me. That is dada. That's this, modern art. And this, and this, 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 this broadcast was about half an hour long. I didn't listen to all of it. I just skimmed through to the end. And, but it was basically reading out my pamphlet. Oh, wow. You know, I, I mean, that is just... Kind of, do, you have a, do you have a copy of that pamphlet I, anymore? I, do, I still have two copies of the pamphlet yeah, at home. Who did they buy it? Off. I no, well, it's you. You can get it because it's with the. Um, it's, it's, it's got ISBN number, so it's, uh, you can find it. Oh. Uh, you know, if you go to libraries. So they're sort of supporting you. Is that the idea? No, 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 no. They, uh, no, they have an obsession. Uh, it's not support. It's weird. It's like saying. No, no. I just asked. I, I, so it's really. No, it's just weird. It's just like you know, pick, pick, they've got particular people they obviously focus on, and they Photoshop them into weird pictures and. Very oh yeah, yeah. They did one. They did one thing of like, like I was the evil genius at the centre of the world, yes. and I, now my head's uh, in the middle, and there's all these other characters <laughs> that are revolving around me. You know, all, all sort of uh, Mao Zedong and Mandelson, and we, you know, oh right, I, I I can't. You know, I'm not a psychoanalyst. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, with respect to Rupert and Jack Present. There's some people with a lot of time on their hands oh, right. who are yeah. looking for some pretty weird stuff to do yeah. online. Yeah. You know, where's yeah. it coming? Yeah, 
Yeah. People used to get all these weird letters sent to them in green ink. Green ink, And people yeah. would write on the envelopes. And you, you'd know if you got one of those, come to your office, it would have inside it photocopied pages of the Daily Mail and, uh, and, and, and with, with, with handwriting up the side and all the way around. And, you know, you used to regularly, as an yeah. MP, you'd, yeah, get, you'd get letters like oh, that every week. Do you not get that anymore? It's been replaced. I do occasionally, but not very often. Normally now they come as emails. There's a guy who emails me every week about the Illuminati yeah. and, and their plots for the wow. world. And the spam filter in Parliament takes out a lot of that stuff. Mm. The art of the green ink letters, dying. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but the keyboard, keyboard warriors. Yeah, and, it's been replaced by something you've probably written last year. It's gone to a much darker world. These mm. aren't people that are necessarily just not well. These are people that... Well, we are going to have to regulate the internet. Mm. There is. I've got somebody working on a model now. They have no fucking data... So they're just leafleting constantly and then just walking up and down the high street and letting Mike shake people's hands or letting Mike shake people's hands outside primary schools. So, Mike, it's your first election as an independent, is that correct? Yes. And um, how's it going so far? It's going very well. Um, I've been really amazed by, you know, the warmth, the positivity and just hope that that will translate into the support on the, on the actual vote. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, so hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no data to measure that. If you'd been an independent for a five-year parliament, then maybe you could have got some data, but it's no, no, just all no, been no, so no, crazy. When, well, when I left the Labour Party, I was not allowed to have any, yeah, yeah, any data of, of any kind whatsoever. So... Yeah. As a result, it's a different kind of campaign. Yeah. Today is the 2nd of December. Yes. Do we want to hazard a guess at what's going to happen? What's, what are we going to look like on the, on the 13th? Uh, colder, darker, <laughs> uh, <laughs> less daylight. <laughs> and um, and who's I, going to be sitting in number 10? I still hope yeah. that we can stop Johnson getting a majority. Yeah, but it's I possible. Think, I think that partly depends on Scotland. Yeah. Um, I, my prediction is Labour are going to lose seats, some seats. The Lib Dems might win a few more than they've got. I'm hoping that there will be no overall majority, that Parliament will still be able to stop them. Um, a, a crashing out with no deal at the end of next year, which is yeah. still a big risk. Yeah. So you have really, I think, there was controversy over that real Labour values leaflet, but I think you're demonstrating exactly that by standing as an independent now, because you haven't done what someone like Shukar Ramuna or Luciana Berger did, which was decide to join the Liberal Democrats. What was it that more than you... That, more than that, I haven't gone on a chicken run. Yeah. I have stayed with this community, mm. which oh, I yes, am proud course. to have represented. And even if I lose, mm-hmm. I will, because of the warmth that I've had on the street, I will know that there are lots of people here who are, are, are pleased that I've been their MP and that I've worked with them over the years. So as far as I'm concerned, win or lose, I would never have gone anywhere else. Yeah. And I was certainly not to join the Liberal Democrats. Yeah. I'm not a Liberal Democrat. No, no. Uh, I'm a Social Democrat. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, in the, in the, in the Labour tradition. Yeah. If you ask a lot of people who maybe don't pay too much attention, if they were to say why you left the Labour Party, it would be anti-Semitism and Brexit. But Three issues yeah. for me. And the other one, policies. well, I was going to say, the other one that for I me, think that a lot of people... very important for A me. lot of people don't pick up on that sometimes. No, but maybe. for me, yeah. I was chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. I'm a foreign policy person. I mm-hmm. was the head of the Labour Party's international department. 
I'm an internationalist. Yeah. And I believe in humanitarian intervention. Yeah. And I believe in the, um, the, the standing up to bullies mm. and not allowing authoritarians and and, and, and and horrible regimes to have a free pass. And, uh, and and that's why I have so much difficulty with Corbyn and those around him, uh, people like Seamus Milne, all the all the Putin apologists and acolytes. And I, 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 I you know, for me, that 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 was a very important reason as to why I can't stand and to put Corbyn in number ten. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I mean, I think I've got this correct because I was involved. I know Farid Ahmed. Oh, I knew him. He stood here in 2017, is that right? The Liberal Democrat. But I think they, they, they basically were struggling to find people to put up, I think. They fucking hate the Lib Dems, which is great. Well, they ran virtually paper candidates. Exactly. They didn't put any literature out. Which they, really begs the question. Last time they got 1.3% lost yeah. their deposit. Yeah. Time before they got 2%. And even with the Nick Clegg euphoria, they only came a very poor third. So they, they've, they've got no councils, they've got no organisational base. Exactly. And as far as I can see, I haven't seen any of their literature, if there is any. Um, Which begs the question why they didn't stand down for a Remain candidate who had a chance of winning. Well, I suspect it, it's a combination of the fact that they are generally not standing down for... No, they're not generally um, right. They've done this deal with the Greens, yeah. implied, yeah. but it's limited. And apart from Dominic Grieve... And Anna Subri, as far as I'm aware, the Lib Dems are running against, well, maybe Gavin Shuka, but apart from that, they're running against Chris Leslie, they're running against me, they're running against David Gore, they're running. Uh, well, you know. It looks like they're, they're, their little scheme with the Greens and the Applied Cymru, it looks like they've done very well out of it. The Liberal Democrats seem to be the ones who are really going to be the ones that stand to benefit. Oh, yeah, I mean, because the Greens haven't got the base anywhere, no. really, to win any seats. And did you like have any communication with the Dems or were they just very much from the word go not interested? They didn't contact us at all and Anna Subri spoke I know with Joe Swinson and said this is absurd why are you standing against Chris Leslie uh, and Mike Gapes and uh, as far as I know uh, Joe Swinson said well I'll see what I can do Ah. and and clearly did nothing so uh, my my take on it is that um, they wanted to have a number of candidates, paper candidates, nationally, so that they they could keep up their numbers. Yeah. And given that they're not putting any resources into it, they're not really running a campaign of any sort. It doesn't cost anything, does it? Um, you know, and the fact that they may take f- uh, several percent of the vote and therefore have a Corbynista in, well, it's presumably because Joe Swinson would, re- would rather have a Corbynista than a, a mainstream centre-left voice who might be an ideological challenge to yeah. their own party. Yeah. No, I... I think Joe does seem... Now that pe- people have <coughs> kind of got an idea of Joe recently, they might have been thinking, she has uh, been a bit cynical with some of her politics recently, and that might well, be well, the, this um, the, 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 the revoke thing has backfired on them very badly. Yeah. And even Vince Cable the other day admitted that. Yeah. It was a tactical, gross tactical error. Mm. And to kind of start your campaign off by saying, if we get a Liberal Democrat government, now, you know, realistically... It reminds everyone no, that there won't be one. You know, well, you know it's quite clear now. They've, they've shifted tack. They're now fighting a, a defensive battle to keep the MPs that they've currently got, including the ones who've changed party. I made lots of other notes, but... They're, they're, 
a lot of them are like getting to be quite empathetic because I started to like them. I just felt very, very, very sorry for them. I think with Twitter, there's a kind of a almost like a is it a bot culture where yeah. people are pretending yeah. to be yeah. somewhere yeah. that they're not. The Iranians, the uh, Russians, far right Americans, all engage in this Twitter warfare, and many of these accounts are all linked. And they, they, they put out the same kind of stuff in the early hours of the morning. And you can tell they aren't genuine people. Right. You know. Yeah. So I tend to block all those. I, I think I last checked I had about 43,000 followers, but I've, but I've blocked about 1,500 people or, or accounts. They're not real people. And, and uh, there are all these fake accounts as well. And the, the par- so-called parody accounts. Yes. Yes, so those parodies is something that I spoke to Jack about because obviously I only heard about this kind of after it kind of happened. Yeah. But Jack was parodied. Jack's your campaign manager, yeah, and then someone right. was, someone that's called right. Richard Miller was pretending yeah. well, to be Jack. It's been reported to the police. Um, we reported it to the police, and Twitter did take the account down. Okay. Eventually, Jack mentioned that that was after Michael Crick kind of highlighted that's right, the issue. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Crick phoned me up. I didn't know anything about it. Really? Um, Michael, well, I'd seen this account and asked Twitter to take it down. Right. And they hadn't done so. But then Michael Crick contacted me and said that the account was claiming that um, Corbynistas were handling postal votes. And if you want your postal votes secured, give them to me. And that, of course, that is, is very criminal dangerous. offense. Yeah. So I immediately, when, I, when Michael Crick told me that, I made absolutely clear I don't know who this person is. But secondly, we reported it to the police. And Twitter then took the account down. Right. That's good that they finally took action. And I hope this person, whoever it is, using the name Richard Miller, I hope they they get investigated by the police. They may well do, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope so. And there are people people on Twitter now, I think, because I had a look at it, who knows how much you can trust these things, but they're saying that Richard's disappeared. (laughs) Do you think that's... (laughs) Do you, think you that's, do you think that's more of a... I don't know if he even existed, ever. Who can say with these wild, wild people? Anyway, we'll call it a day. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, it just pains me to see people struggling. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. For legal reasons, we have to say it could just be a coincidence that there are the gate goons and the violent street gang known as the GG. Is this possibly a reference to the infamous shock punk artist and subject of a documentary by auteur director Todd Phillips, Gigi Allen? Quite possibly. I mean, some of them have been in custody and they describe themselves as being so far right they're almost on the far left and so far left they're almost on the far right. So real adherents of the horseshoe theory then? Another thing that brought Gigi Allen to mind beyond their name for me was something about excrement that you mentioned in one of your oh, yes. reporter articles. Yes, Ilford, Sorry, yes. Ilford Inquirer. Well, <laughs> well, yes, we'll come to that sooner. First of all, Mr Richard Miller, I did know Richard Miller. I had worked with him on a professional basis and at a later date I'd be quite happy to come on and tell you all the things about Mr Richard Miller that I'd like to tell you. But now all I'm willing to say is that Mr Richard Miller was undoubtedly the hardest working man in data journalism. The most yeah, dedicated really. yeah. yeah, the most dedicated and totally absorbed in the business of data journalism. Well out are, of are we to assume anybody that his, I've ever met. 
Are we to assume that his commitment to political activism, specifically working for the Mike Gapes campaign, was of a similar level to his commitment to data journalism? In all my dealings with Mr Richard Miller, he was just the utmost professional. On a professional basis, he will always do his best. And I will discuss the investigation, but on a personal level, that's all I've really got to say at the moment. He was the absolute best. So our reporters, <laughs> our reporters were, a- I don't know what you're laughing about. This is deadly serious. Our reporters were able to speak to Mr. Gapes and a representative of his campaign. And not only did he deny any involvement in nor any knowledge of Mr. Miller's disappearance, he also denied that Miller had ever been working for him in the first place. I mean, what do you think is behind this level of distancing? Well, looking into the uh, Miller files, uh, after Mr. Richard Miller went missing, I received a package anonymously full of thumb drives of encrypted files and notebooks with cryptic clues to the passwords of those files. I'm working my way through them now, but looking at some of the things Mr. Richard Miller was involved in, I... I'm not surprised Gapes was distancing himself. Some of it is... It's not the Mr Richard Miller I knew. Oh. So there's a lot going on in Ilford South. I'm not sure, and legally I can't say Mike Gapes is involved in it. A lot of his files use code names rather than the real names. Mr Richard Miller would refer to himself as Little Boy, and there's a lot of references to his employer with the code name Fat Man. Wow, Uh, so... uh, is Little Boy a nuclear weapons reference? Because obviously Mr. Gapes is a strong supporter of the nuclear deterrent. Well, if this is going the way I think it is, it will be as explosive as the bomb that hit Hiroshima and killed all those poor people. What can you tell us about what Mr. Richard Miller was up to in the weeks leading to his suspension? What would you say led Mr. Gapes to just completely cut himself off from Miller in such a way. Well, there has been a lot of controversy about the Miller Data Centre. It was a church, it was a St David's Church, it was transformed with use of £8.7 million of taxpayer money into what Mr Richard Miller called a world-class NATO-level data centre. So you can see why Mr Gapes may have possibly supported the establishment of this establishment. Yes, I know the council meetings, from what I heard, were very divided on it. Unfortunately, they were closed to the public just for that one occasion. Father Mark Wymark strongly opposed converting a working church into what he called a bizarre personal project. Sadly, he's currently in a coma due to an incident linked to the TD gang where they ran him over in some sort of small electrical vehicle. What? Oh, a small electrical vehicle? Can, can how how small are we talking here? Is this like a golf cart? <laughs> I'd say slightly larger than a golf cart. A model smaller train? Than a, no, okay, that's smaller. Smaller. <laughs> smaller than a regular car. Okay. Could only okay. go about, according to the reports, could only go about 30 miles an hour. Sounds of clinking as it went off. We're not sure if that's, you know, the gears or how that's connected. But yeah, some sort of small electrical vehicle hit father Mark Wybark in the middle of the street at 3am. Oddly, he was still in his pyjamas and the front door of his house was open. This is 
I mean, a really tragic accident. Yeah. The Lord is just cruel sometimes, how he taketh away. Can you tell us anything more, albeit with, with one of your sources so tragically disappeared? Could you tell us anything more about what was going on at the Miller Data Institute? Well, yes. Residents locally said that after it was transformed into the data centre, it would be humming and green lights would be glowing out at night. Richard said it was from a server farm he had set up in a bell tower. There were also reports of a bunch of gaunt and scared-looking volunteers that people could see through the window bathed in green lights. Are you um, sure last... these, these weren't just the Gape Gang? No, no, the Gape, <laughs> the gape Goons, those are in good shape. These people, they looked really? like they'd seen something. So they looked like they hadn't eaten in weeks. I just heard gaunt and I pictured the pasty <laughs> complexions of the rare images I've seen of the Gape Gang. Because obviously they don't like being photographed, so there's not many out there. Oh no, the Gang, they're more sort of the war boys in Mad Max. Yes, they're very pale, but also very muscular. Okay, okay, fair enough. I stand corrected. But, uh, yeah. but what were these yeah, but, volunteers doing, and, and in what we, kind of we conditions? We don't know. I've been trying to get in contact with them. A lot of them we've not heard from. Some of them who did manage to leave the church refused to talk to me. They say they're too scared. I assume that's from some sort of non-disclosure agreement. Definitely not the fear of the GGs kicking down their door. I don't think so. Like I say, there's legally no connection between the GG <laughs> and the Gapes campaign or Mr. M- <laughs> Mr. Richard Miller. But what of the connection between the Miller Data Centre and the Mike Gapes campaign? Again, I can't say that because there are rumours that Gapes campaigned strongly to have that data centre built. And if it turns out he was using taxpayer money to collect data for some sort of political campaign, that could cause a massive fuss that could actually bring him down as an MP. So legally, I can't say that Michael Gates used £8.7 million of taxpayer money to make a bizarre data centre <laughs> where volunteers were seen gaunt, scratching at the windows, it was humming all night, lots of mysterious stuff going on there. I can't <laughs> legally say that Gates is behind it. Well, I'm quite right. We couldn't possibly entertain the idea that Mike Gates could be brought down as an MP. Exactly. This is an evidence-based podcast and always has been. There is no chance this man will be brought down as an MP in the next 10 days. So, I mean, Grant, do you have any questions? I've got a lot of questions, yeah. (laughs) With regards to these Gapes goons, the the gang, is there any sort of named members, anyone that's sort of seen as a ringleader of them that can be linked to them at all? We don't have any names, although we have identified two groups. There's one group more numerous, a lot younger and smaller, more hyped up. They're the ones who do the actual violence. This is the GG gang. And there's the older one. Allegedly. There's the older ones tend to dress in football shirts, either West Ham or these strange sort of green and purple ones I haven't (laughs) seen before. Pictures of this strange French wig model all over them. Yes. Those are the ones who are seen as directing the violence. And since Mr Richard Miller disappeared, the... Are rumours that they split away from the GG. They're now calling themselves the real GG. And due to this GG splinter group, there's now been infighting on the streets of Ilford between the GG and the real GG. You could say it's all very um, people's front of Judea. Well, so (laughs) what can you tell us about this factional war between the two wings of the Gape Goons? No, the GG, the Gape Goons are 
a non-violent political body who do not engage in any violence whatsoever, legally speaking. Okay, you're going to have to explain the distinction between the Gape Goons and the GG slightly more. I was under the impression the GG were the Gape Goons. They could be, they might not be. Right now we're not sure. We know the Gape Goons don't wear the GG masks, they don't wear the GG jerseys, which are black, but with a big white GG in the middle. Sort of like the old henchmen you'd see in the Batman TV show. Wait, so what do the legitimate Gape Goons get up to then? If this is not a criminal organisation, it's the GGs who are. What do the actual Gape Goons do? Well, the Gape Goons try to protect Mike Gapes as best they can from any Corbin cultists, as they call them. They go around the local shops encouraging the shop owners to put Mike Gapes' leaflets up in the windows, telling them, you know, it's, it's best to have it in there. Just in case. Do they, you know, just suggest to them that they donate to the campaign and so on? Oh, yes, yes. They're fantastic fundraisers. I mean, the amount of loose change and crumpled pound notes they come back with is really astonishing. I don't ask where they get it from. I just assume chugging, things like that. But yes, I mean, they're forever coming back with just handfuls of rolled up notes saying, here, here, it's for the cause. And Miller would take that and invest it back into the data centre. Not into the campaign itself? No. He said he was investing it in the data centre because the data centre was a great investment. Any money put in there, take it out a week later, it will have doubled in value. That's just how important (laughs) the data centre is. Did the Gape Goons, beyond the generous financial donations from Gapes' many grassroots supporters around Ilford, did they ever bring any other kind of freebies, like lots of slices of ham or packs of cigarettes from the back of a lorry you know obviously a a lorry which they would have legally had access to or fur coats or anything that again could be exchanged for capital and then invested in the Miller Centre. What they did do was they would give out a lot of vapour juice. I'm a big vapour myself it's not like any other juice I've seen I didn't recognise the label, which was just a white label written on in bio. I'm not sure where they got it from. I've heard good things about it, but, uh, you know, I'm and loyal. But they have been giving out a lot of vape juice. Interestingly, the GG also have been found making their own vape juice out of piss. I okay. don't think it's related to the Gape Goons. I think, that, again, it's just a pure coincidence that... The Gape Goons were giving out free vape juice. At the same time, the GG gang were making bootleg vape out of piss. So, I mean, do they smoke these vapes themselves? Have they discovered that piss has a certain narcotic property, or is it just a a scam? I can't say it's a scam. An alleged scam. I've not seen any of them vaping. They mostly just get adults to go into corner shops and buy cigarettes for them. How did you know it was piss? Did you try and drink some? It's like, I, I've smelt enough piss. When you're an investigative reporter, you smell enough piss. And <laughs> okay. that definitely smelt like piss to me. <laughs> okay, okay. Obviously, we're starting to get a bit of a picture of Miller's operation that he had going, his big enterprise and some of the groups associated with it. What's happened, ultimately? What's the development been since then? Well, uh, the last time anyone saw Mr Richard Miller in public, this was a few days before he officially disappeared. He was involved in an altercation in the town centre with someone wearing a seagull costume. 
Apparently it became quite violent, okay. and the bystanders say Richard definitely came out the worst. Oh. Uh, the guy in the seagull costume dragged him to a bin and made him eat all the rubbish in a bin, saying, Fuck. I'll show you who eats rubbish. After that, he... <laughs> Had Miller accused this man of eating rubbish? I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I wasn't on Twitter until recently, so any oh, right. backstory to this I'm not aware of. All I can say is bystanders say Mr Richard Miller ate a shitload of rubbish that day. After that, he retired back to the church and nobody saw him until his Twitter account mysteriously went silent. He was a prolific tweeter, I believe, and that was very strange. After that, the next day, the church, that was humming for days and days and days, went absolutely silent. I mean, were there lots of lights coming from a window of the church or anything? Did it seem like there was things happening in there, you know, that there was something major going on. There was the sounds of things moving. I have a theory here because I looked at the plans of the church. Uh, Conservative estimates say there were up to 800 volunteers working in there. And with the 800 people and all the NATO-level data and statistical analysis equipment he had, there's no way he could have fit it into the church. I think that church had catacombs and that... They were hiding equipment in there. They were storing volunteers in there. I think, because nobody saw any equipment leave the church, we saw it go in, we didn't see it come out. I think they may have been removing the equipment through the catacombs. Because my assistant, Shavonica Farmer, in the box of the Miller files, there was a key to the church. She gained entry and it was mostly empty. There was like one server farmer left, there was a disgusting bed, there was an old television and some weird cartoon about robots. <laughs> uh, the most disturbing thing was the altar which had been desecrated. Someone had carved strange runes into it. Shvanka took a photo and I went to the uh, Ilford Ancient History Museum. I've got a friend there, the curator, Henrik Fowler. He helped identify it as ancient Britonic, and the runes roughly translate to look at me, look at me, the milkman inside me has grown this large. <laughs> Chilling. Wow. Chilling and, and, message. And, and so why do you think they were hiding all the equipment? And do you suspect that Miller himself is in the catacombs? I wouldn't be surprised. We didn't see a body go. Shvonica... No gunshots or anything heard? No, just the humming and the usual screaming. But it didn't sound like Miller's voice. No, I mean, there's normally so much screaming, you can't actually discern one voice. I think if Miller was screaming, it would have just added to the general cacophony that was going in there night and day. And what of the so-called milk tape that was leaked to the Real Politic podcast only a matter of days ago? Um, this is this has been embargoed by us, because we haven't got around to releasing it yet. But this tape shows incredible discord at the heart of the Gapes campaign. I, I'm not like this. I, I admit it. I'm, I'm not the, the normal MP. I, I'm not the normal MP. How do you fuck your wife? I'd fuck your wife. We won't go that far. Mike, stop. That, that's not nice. That's when we start talking my language. When was the last time you smoked a joint? It doesn't matter. These guys want me fucking covered. I said, nobody's going to cover me. I've got everything under control. Mike? I'm good. Is that your wife? Yeah. 
I'll tell you about my job. It lasts for two fucking hours. Oh, good. It's that fucking trot over there. Sorry, I, I, I'm not saying you're a fascist. Sorry, if you don't get a shot in two seconds, I'll knock your fucking teeth out. You know what, Mikey? No, 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 no. I, I want that fucking trot back here. No, so, no sorry, he, he hasn't. He drank the milk. Everyone's allowed their downtime. Did you just call me a trot? Really? I'm fucking sick of politics. Cunt! Look at my record! I'm going to win. We're going to win. You've got two choices. You've got Corbyn's candidate. It's the same vote. It's the same vote. If you vote Lib Dem, you're voting for that cunt because you're splitting the vote. You're splitting the vote. Was this possibly recorded at the Miller Data Centre? Possibly even it, on that fateful night. It was either recorded there or in Gapes's mansion. I know Richard Miller would often take trips to the MP's mansion in Ilford South. It really Gapes is an astonishing. Yeah, it's an astonishing building. At least eight fountains that I could see. Outdoor swimming pool. Are they the fountains outdoor... of water? Or something else. If you've ever seen the Fountain of Shame in Sicily, it was very similar to that, except all the figures were replaced with gapes. <laughs> and what of the swimming pool? Was that full of water or, again, something else? It was covered up, I could tell you, in the summer. It fucking stank. Okay, that's all we needed to know. So, yeah, yeah. about the tape, the milk tape, what does this tape show us? We can air it in full, but what analysis can you provide about what this tape reveals? It wouldn't surprise me if it was real. According to one of the files in the Miller files, when I've managed to decode, there was a disagreement between Miller and... He's still called Fat Man in the files. I it's not say very Fat Man. Nice. Batman might not be Gapes, but it did say there was a lot of disagreement on the website that was being designed for FM. Miller thought that it shouldn't, quote, look like shit and be full of misspellings. But FM insisted the website should look like it was made by a fucking moron because he's a man of people and the people here are all fucking morons. <laughs> okay, and was the early 2000s vibe of the website a callback to the golden years before the hard left leadership of Gordon Brown took over the Labour Party? It wouldn't surprise me. Miller did have a lot of copies of the old websites of the new Labour MPs. It bears striking similarity, down to the misspelling, missed words, poor formatting. It really is an astonishing tribute. If you've not seen it, I think you can see it at mikegapes.org.uk. That's a real website. If you go there, that will link you to the astonishing tribute website to New Labour that Mike Gapes put together. It could be a completely different website to Fat Man's website, but I think we've got a smoking gun here that Little Boy was Richard Miller and Fat Man was Mike Gapes. Interesting. So they had disagreements that I guess in, were kind of creative in nature, kind of artistic disagreements. They wanted to take the campaign's literature and promotional materials in a different direction. Well, when you've got two geniuses like Miller and Gapes, it's like, you know, Lennon and McCartney or Giant Babber <laughs> and Inoki. There's always going to be disagreements, but at the end, I think they did love each other very much. 
do you think that there could be in the future a reunion of Gapes and Miller? These two could work together again. Yes, if and I'm sure when Mr. Richard Miller turns up, it's going to be like the um, situation with Jane's addiction, where the singer demanded all the credit and all the money, and Mr. Richard Miller would just have to go along with that. If there even is a Mr. Richard Miller anymore, I suppose, is, uh, is the question. The milk tape. So that showed, again, real disagreements between Gapes and Miller. And it shows a real kind of culture of locker room banter, of, you could say, kind of toxic masculinity at the heart of the Gapes campaign. There's always well, I wouldn't of... go that far. Gapes is a great feminist. I've not heard of tape myself. I doubt he would say anything derogatory about women. We're going to have to play the tapes because, frankly, I think some of the stuff in this tape is in the public interest, but, frankly, it doesn't bear repeating. Comments about people's wives and so on. Yes, yes, I'm sure he's uh, complimenting people's wives. He often did it. Gapes, also dismissive of allegations that he has smoked joints. Which, you know, there's images online. I, I've never personally seen Mike Gates smoke a joint. He did stink of weed a lot, but I never saw him smoke a joint. And what do you think of the efforts to undermine Mr. Gates' campaign, the dirty tricks? You don't think that maybe his enemies had a mole within the campaign, and you don't suspect that maybe that mole was Mr. Richard Miller, and that Gates discovered this. I'd be very surprised if there was a mole. Mr. Richard Miller, whenever I met him, he would insist we get fully nude just so nobody was wired up. And okay. I'm assuming he did the same thing with his meeting with Gates and anyone else who would meet on the Gates team. It would have to be done fully in the nude. But how do you know that he hadn't secreted it somewhere? <laughs> Well, I don't, but I mean, he would make us do jumping jacks just to make sure. So would if he, they had would he partake it, in the jumping jacks? Oh, yeah, most vigorously. He'd always insist on doing more than anyone else just to prove he was the alpha in the room. And would Gapes be forced to participate in this, or was it generally assumed that Mr. Gapes was not undermining his own campaign? Which, to, I mean, to me, I, honestly, I think better safe than sorry. I'm sure Gapes did his best. So you don't think that he was wearing a wire? I'm sure he was wearing a wire. I'm just wasn't, I'm sure he wasn't reporting on his own campaign to the Corbyn cultists. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt in my head he was an MI5 operative and always wearing a wire. So that, but, okay, you know, so that's, that's the what Queen and Country. Okay, yeah, allegedly. It's just another example of his strong moral consistency over his career, if anything. I mean, what do you think of all the dirty tricks then? Because there's been some really dirty tricks played against Gates on this campaign. For example, there's the URLs that have been stolen. There's MikeGapes.co.uk, which redirects to some troll Russian podcast. There's MikeGapes.net, which redirects to Sam Tarry's campaign website. There's MikeGapes.org.uk, which is really funny because it just redirects to a smiling Gapes with his coat over his shoulder saying, Be right back! As in, when he's re-elected MP of Ilford South. Incredibly optimistic. Whoever did that is a proper bastard, but that's not the only thing. There's been some really nasty stuff. You know, people taking the piss out of him online with videos in The Guardian. That was a very dirty trick, all those Guardian columns slagging him off. Michael Crick did that video making fun of him, him getting in on the trolling business as well. There's and just then, no place for it in the modern game, is there? And then, of course, finally, again, some troll Russian podcast surreptitiously 
tricked Gapes into doing an interview with them. Well, that's just despicable, isn't it? Do you, do you think that he needs the media management of Richard Miller? Do you think if Miller was there, Gapes never would have fallen for this ploy? I think he definitely seemed a bit more rattled since Miller left. I mean, you saw his interview with Michael Gapes. I mean, he looked in absolute state. His hair was long because uh, Mr Richard Miller would normally cut it. I assume he hadn't showered himself because Richard Miller would often complain to me about having to shower Mike Gapes. Uh, Mike Gapes... The, the smell of sour milk, just overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Mr Richard Miller, in one of the Miller files, he speaks about Mike's magic milk he would give him. Actually, I wonder if this is linked to Mike Gapes falling apart. Uh, Mike's magic milk was just... (laughs) Allegedly falling apart. It was just milk with Percocet, lithium, Xanax and ketamine ground up into it. (laughs) Man, he's got the perkies going. Yeah. (laughs) Lithium. uh, According to the notes, it helped keep Mike calm and focused. If Mike's (laughs) coming off that cold turkey, he's not going to be calm and he's not going to be focused. So is this basically all he takes? He doesn't like... Well, all right, so you said he smelt of weed sometimes. So do you think he maybe takes this and then a joint to wind down? Or is this a kind of really get on the level kind of thing? Like it gets him a bit up, a bit down. You know, Miller possibly had a role in this cocktail that has allegedly been provided. Oh, yeah, I mean, Miller was the inventor. He called it Miller's Magic Milk for Mike. Great alliteration. Yeah, you know, he wanted to keep Mike focused. He knew Mike had a bit of a temper and he needed to calm down with that Xanax, with that ketamine. So, yeah, this was definitely the invention of Mr. Richard Miller. And I think Mike possibly just thought it was normal milk. So he's drinking normal milk now, wondering, why isn't this calming me down like it used to? Now it's just making me angry. He's probably just drinking even more milk than usual. Knocking back with stuff, hoping to get a fix. That would explain the swelling we're seeing in his head. Apparently, speaking of Gapes' temper, our undercover operatives told me that today he was late for their interview because he was tweeting. (laughs) He loves to post. That wouldn't surprise me. He's a great communicator. One of the best speakers in Parliament. I can scarcely think of the speech as iconic as the milk speech by any parliamentarian in recent years. Oh, yeah, interestingly, coming back to that, I mentioned the milkman before. Of course, yeah. Yes, the uh, curator, he did actually give me some more information about the milkman, as the uh, ancient Bretons called him. Uh, He showed me actually a tablet they had in the museum. It was dated back to the 8th century BC. Sadly, it was incomplete. The bottom had broken off. It was written in a proto-Celtic, which Heinrich was an expert in. And it discusses an ancient evil spirit called the Milkman, who the ancient people, they believed he'd take over the clan chief when a youngster issued a challenge. When you're possessed by the Milkman, your skin would become pink and red, blotchy, looking diseased. The eyes would turn small and black, much like the eyes of a shark and recede <laughs> back into the head as the head continues to swell. Uh, the host's voice would become high-pitched and strained, almost a shriek at times. Uh, he'd become overcome with anger, paranoia, act violently. Uh, the host would also become obsessed with milk. He would have frequent outbursts about the importance of milk, accompanied by wild arm movements, as if he was trying to gather things in. Uh, at the bottom of the tablet, it does talk about the opposite of the milkman, who was a benevolent spirit. Most of this information is gone. The only information we had was the name Cam Quay Dant Lugaro, 
It roughly translates to the gay frog. I can't think of anyone who sounds like either of those things. No, these are just completely outlandish images, really. Uh, A different time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. This shit just hasn't held up, man. The the mythology of those days dated. But yes, that's what uh, Mikhail Gaping told me. Um, Fortunately, he died a couple of days. Was that Mikhail Gaping? No, no, Mikhail Gaping, I'll get to him. He was the coroner who found Heinrich. (laughs) The independent coroner who did a report on Heinrich after he died a couple of days ago. It's very sad because Heinrich was a good friend of mine. I didn't know he was suffering with depression, but apparently he stabbed himself in the chest with a shit-covered knife, put a noose around his neck, connected it to the radiator, tied his own hands behind his back and jumped through a window. But yeah, according to the independent Mr. Mikhail Gaping, suicide. Did you talk to Mr. Gapes about that? Even I know... if he doesn't know himself, he might have a you know an official line from some contacts of his. I know Mr. Gapes is on the board of the museum and his official statement just said, very sad. <laughs> When was the priceless rune from ancient times acquired for the museum in relation to when Mr. Gapes joined the board? I believe it was shortly before he joined the board. It was 1992, I think. It was about the same time Michael Gapes became an MP and thought, OK, I'll get involved in the culture, I'll join this museum... And he was very taken with the tablet. He would look at it for hours every day, just just staring at it, unblinking. Have you seen any evidence of sort of pagan occult or simply cult activity from the Gape Gang or the GGs or the provisional GGs or whatever they're called? There was an incident recently with the GGs where they were wearing weird cow masks it was actually during a stabbing they stabbed the proprietor of a local korean restaurant mr dozan whilst he was singing karaoke and again it was with a shit covered knife possibly a coincidence or possibly not it wasn't the knife that hurt mr dozan so much it was the shit that got into his system and also the fact he finished singing the song before he went to the hospital Uh, he's what song yeah I think it might have been that Japanese one, Sukiyaki. I'm not familiar. I'm sure it's a good. A it's a good song. You should find it. We're playing for Ricky's quick recovery. Why do you think he was targeted, the Korean restaurant owner? I can only guess. I don't think it's got anything to do with him not putting a leaflet up in his window after being warned three times by the gate goons. But it couldn't have hurt. Gently asked. It couldn't have hurt, but there's no link to that. It was probably just one of those random stabbings that people in cowheads do. So it was the cowheads that led you to connect this with kind of ritualistic activity. Was there anything else to suggest that maybe there was something ritualistic going on? Well, we knew it was the GG. They were wearing their black jerseys with the big white GGs on there. Yeah. On one of the servers that was left in the data centre, we looked it up and it had plotted on it 
the GG attacks from the last five days, when connected together, they formed a pentagram with the Gapes oh. Mansion in the middle. Okay, that 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 is some spooky shit. Um, just very 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 quickly as an aside, I think we need to hear more on this. But very quickly as an aside. What type of shit was it on the knives? Was it oh, human. Hu- was it human shit, not cow shit? It was definitely human shit. Ancient human shit. Again, they did couldn't... you taste it? I didn't taste it. This is <laughs> just going on the police reports. Okay. They, said it, they said it could be literally centuries old. Are you sure they can be trusted? Old. Okay, centuries old human shit. Okay, but this just gets more suspicious Centuries old human shit could have gone even as far back as the 8th century BC. This is almost joining up together like a pentagram that leads to Mike Gapes' mansion. So, can you tell us more, actually, about the evidence you uncovered from the Miller Data Centre? There wasn't much. There was just that server with those on. I think Miller might have been trying to predict the next attacks, actually, because he'd plotted out where they were going to happen. And it must have been a very good algorithm, because that was exactly where the attacks did happen. I think he was possibly trying to predict where the GGs would attack next, plot it, and then alert the police. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to alert the police, and the GG did stage attacks in all the places that he had plotted on his server using a complicated algorithm, I assume. Have any of the GGs thought to target Gapes himself yet at this point, the ones who sided with Miller in the split? I'm sure they might like to, but Gapes is constantly with his bodyguard dressed as a protective mosquito. When anyone (laughs) comes close to Gapes, he'll use his prosthetic stinger to sort of sweep them away. He really is a huge person. I don't know what's under that mask, but... That's Mr. Michael Gates' bodyguard, the protective mosquito. He brought him into the campaign after there were troubles with a person dressed as a seagull, possibly the same one who forced Mr. Richard Miller to eat an entire bin full of rubbish. Can you tell us actually about this spoiler campaign in Ilford South that's been going on? Because, I mean, I understand it's affiliated to the, from what I understand, oligarch-funded Be Kind Online hashtag campaign. Yes, well, I met Simon once, about a year ago, maybe two. It was at one of his comedy shows where oh, he yeah. would... Oh, yeah, cutting edge stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, he was being kind, but not online, in real life. He was giving a voice to all the comedians who don't normally get a voice because the liberal elite say, sorry, you're not woke, you're not PC, you're not getting a show on BBC Two at 9pm every night on weeknights. <laughs> So, but, yes, so uh, Andrew Doyle, Ricky Gervais, oppressed yes, people. Yes, yes. Uh, the poor, the downtrodden, the left behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Constantin Kissin, who has the misfortune to both be very right-wing and also have a surname that rhymes with pissing for all the trolls out there. It's, it's terrible what these people have to put up with, and I think Simon was doing a good thing by platforming him. Speaking of names that rhyme with things, so Mr Richard Miller was very proud of his nickname, The Condom Filler, that was a link to his safe sex campaign, hashtag safe sex kids, where he'd go oh. around the schools and encourage children to have safe sex. He confided to me this was just because he really hates children. He wanted them to have bad sex, but also he didn't want any more children. So he thought, kill two birds with one stone, I'll make them have bad sex, and also they won't produce any more children. One of the Miller files was his life profile, where he did specify he wouldn't wear a condom under any circumstances. 
<laughs> yeah, he referred to himself as a data daddy or a dom daddy. Uh, his bio just said, I'll cut up your meals, I'll read you bedtime stories, I'll take you to Disneyland, and then I'll come on your face. <laughs> and what are the rumours that Mr. Miller was sending pictures of Piglet from Winnie the Pooh, but with a, a, a voluptuous figure to Gapes' opponents throughout the campaign as just kind of abuse, really? I wouldn't say it's abuse. I mean, Mr. Richard Miller loved that photo. Uh, he had, like, so many friends pictures of it in his flat before he moved into the church. I think he was doing that as... A sort of an olive branch saying, look, here's a picture I really like. I'm human like you. I'm sure you like this picture too. Let's get together and talk about Piglet if she were a shapely woman. <laughs> Not abuse then. Actually good. Do we have anything else to talk about? Because I'm aware I don't want us to go on too long so that I can edit all this really quickly. I think that's all I've got in the Miller files right now. And just having a look through. That's all we've currently managed to decode. But please follow me on Twitter at Jimothy Baker. Where as I continue to crack these files, and I will crack these files... I will be continuing to investigate this and I'll be uploading anything that isn't too shocking onto my Twitter account. Okay, excellent. A couple of quick things. Do you feel that Seamus Milne is personally involved in the efforts to turn Mike Gapes into a figure of ridicule? When you say involved, I'm sure he's not personally involved because he's probably got bigger fish to fry. It wouldn't surprise me if one of his underlings, like a Matt Saab Cousins or Owen Jones, you know, people who are not legally employed by him, but I'm sure receive a monthly stipend from him. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a hand in all of this. And do you feel personally, as a data journalist, sorry, sorry, an investigative reporter, <laughs> do, you, do you feel that the links between Mr Milne and Russia that Gates repeatedly emphasises, including in his exclusive interview <coughs> of Real Politic, hold up, do you see these as a major threat to our democracy? I'm not sure about national democracy. I really only focus on the local elections. I don't think it will. But, but the you local are aware that. But sorry, sorry, sorry. Let I, me let sorry. me let, let me stop you there. Are you aware, Mr. Gates? I'm doing a, a like a Paxman Andrew Neil thing here. Are you aware, Mr. Gates is supposed to be, according to his campaign material, <laughs> a national, sorry, a local man with a national and international voice. Well, yeah, he's very loud. Have you ever heard him? No doubt you can hear him in other countries. I've seen him blow up a water balloon until it bursts. He does it for every speech, just to show how loud he can speak, how strong his lungs are. So yeah, when he says he has a national, international voice, I think that's just a reference to his amazingly loud speaking voice. We can confirm they can hear him over at the St. Petersburg Troll Factories. Oh, Finally, I'm sure uh, they can. In terms of the gate goons and their various permutations have you seen possibly a very angry man who looked like he was in his late 40s carrying a bucket full of what appear to be human teeth around residential streets in the ilford area oh yeah that's just keith he's no problem i think that might be an alias grant yeah yeah he goes by keith he goes by martin he goes by phil he's got quite a few names this lad Um... he goes by that cunt with a massive forehead (laughs) so i've been told by my sources on the ground in Ilford. He's um, a very dangerous man anyway. I would keep him at a distance. Right, so thank you so much, Mr. Jimothy Baker, for joining us today to talk about the political situation in Ilford and bringing your expertise to the table and giving us the lowdown on what has been, you know, a real nail-biting contest. 
Oh, yes. Well, uh, thank you for having me, Jack and Grant. It's good to get on here. I know Mr. Richard Miller was on Twitter, so if anyone knew him from Twitter, please get in contact with me. I'll be putting my phone number on the Twitter account if I haven't already, otherwise you can DM me. Please get in contact with me at Jimothy Baker if you have any information about the disappearance of Richard Miller, any theories you'd like to share. We really need to get to the bottom of this, hopefully before the election is done, so we can just sweep it under the rug, out of sight, and focus on what should be a nail-biting election. Absolutely. Well said, and we wish you the absolute best in your investigations, of course. 100%. We hope you are the man who finally finds Richard Miller because it's been a couple of weeks now. We're getting worried. You know, I was worried within about a day because that guy was always there and now he's never there. And I I miss him, quite frankly. The data is not flowing and, you know, we're we're all suffering from it. I mean, he'd often say the data must flow. The data must flow. We all love you, Richard. We all love you. Come back. Come home. Yes. Where do we put our precious things Like woolen socks and wedding rings And seance gear and kimchi jars Our matchbox and our Hot Wheels cars Where can we hide when bombs will fly to save ourselves when all others die To toast with a shot, here's come in your eye I've got an idea, listen here There's a hole in the yard about ten by ten Just large enough to put all those things in Dark place to be if and when the bombs hit at the back of the pit. I woke up today with almost too much love. Didn't sleep much last night, joyous vibes from above. Couldn't keep it all in, thought I would burst at the seams What fills waking life is wilder than dreams Every day and every evening too I count all the reasons I'm in love with you Look around at everything that we bought, got and stole To bring with us down into the hole There's a hole in the yard about ten by ten Just large enough to put all those items in A dark place to be if and when the bombs hit at the back of the pit At the back of the pit When we hear the frogs again We'll consent to raise our heads And it won't matter then If the rest of the world is dead Yes, between you and me We've got a repopulation kit 
the world will rise again from the back of the pit. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.